Hello and welcome to Today in Education. Today we've got a couple of articles to talk about. The first is the college education opportunity cost depends on where you live. This comes from Bloomberg. The main points are that bachelor degrees are especially lucrative in coastal hubs and that the break-even time rose to 5.7 years in 2017 versus 5.2 in 2014. In San Jose, someone who invested four years to earn a bachelor's degree would need to work just 2.9 years to catch up to the overall earnings of a high school diploma holder in the same city. That break-even period, fastest among metro areas, is based on a median salary of 81401 for a new college graduate in 2017, compared with the 34653 median for a high school graduate who entered the job market four years earlier. At the other end of the spectrum was Logan, Utah, where it would take a college grad 85 years, about three generations, to catch a high school-only cohort as income premium was just 10 cents on the dollar. So the value of your degree absolutely depends on where you live in the country or where you choose to work in the country. The next article comes from Newsweek. This uh, kind of picks up where our last episode left off. If you remember, we talked about a Florida principal um, who told a parent that not everyone believes the Holocaust had happened and there was a big outrage about it. Um, this is titled, Former Florida Principal Offered a Trip to Auschwitz After Telling a Parent Not Everyone Believes the Holocaust Happened. A Florida business owner has offered to send a formal, former local high school principal to visit Auschwitz after the educator lost his position for making controversial comments to a parent regarding the Holocaust, which is a little bit hilarious. This next, and the Holocaust is not hilarious. This situation and this offer is hilarious. This next article comes from Ed Surge. Um, they interviewed uh, Sal Khan, founder of Khan Academy, and I recommend watching the interview or listening to it on their podcast or just reading the transcript. It's really great. Um, if you don't know who Sal Khan is, I'll tell you. Ten years ago, he set out to change um, everything, pretty much, in terms of how people think of uh, education and mastery learning. Uh, he really brought it to the forefront with his videos, which let kids replay lessons as many times as they want. You know, you and I are not going to memorize something by hearing it one time. We're not going to learn from hearing something one time. So Khan puts people in a position where they can hear it over and over again, as if you were watching a, uh, a documentary or doing some kind of online lesson or listening to a podcast. On YouTube, Khan Academy's collection of videos, which were first filmed in his bedroom closet, started off covering math, but have since branched into science, history, and other subjects. It reminds me of Crash Course, but... Um, it's different, it's more hands-on. Collectively, they have more than a billion views and reach about 18 million learners a month in 40 languages. A lot has changed for Khan in the last decade. He started working with more schools and districts instead of reaching students mainly at home and has partnered with assessment groups such as the College Board and most recently the NWEA for personalized test prep materials. Now, the NWEA administers the MAP assessment, a test designed to measure growth in reading and math, but Khan says it's not all about cramming for a good score, and the ideas behind giving kids more time to master material is still a big part of the organization's ethos, and that of the Khan Lab School, which is Sal Khan's small private school in Silicon Valley. At the 2019 National Charter Schools Conference this month in Las Vegas, Ed Surge sat down with Khan to discuss his vision for reinventing schools, the focus on testing, and what he thinks about the recent stumbles of Alt School, a nearby network of tech-driven independent schools. I absolutely recommend listening to this interview. It is fascinating to hear from the founder of such a uh, tremendous, disruptive ed tech company. Now, the last article, I hate to end on a little bit of a sour note, 
but it comes from the Atlantic and it's titled The Financial Calamity That Is the Teaching Profession. Now, America needs teachers. A majority of the country's most experienced K-12 educators are expected to retire in the next few years, while research suggests that thousands of others will likely leave the profession prematurely, citing job dissatisfaction. So how do we get more people to join in? A little more than a decade ago, policymakers came up with one idea they thought would help, give teachers some support in paying off their student loans. So in 2007, Congress tasked the U.S. Department of Education, which administers federal financial aid, with offering student debt relief to recent graduates in public service careers. Essentially, make your minimum monthly payments for 10 years and have your debt paid off in full. Thousands of public service workers, including teachers, nurses, and firefighters, have applied for forgiveness since 2017 when the relief went into effect to no avail. Just 1% of applicants who say they meet the program's ostensibly basic criteria have actually been approved, according to federal data, with the rest blaming misleading bureaucratic requirements that enabled the education department's contracted loan servicers to deny them the benefits. Now, teachers across the United States are suing the education department, alleging that its failure to make good on the loan forgiveness violates both their constitutional right to due process and administrative procedure laws. Liz Hill the Education Department's press secretary declined to comment on the suit because it's pending litigation, but noted in an email that the agency is faithfully administering the complex program Congress passed. So it sounds like people didn't read the fine print, but weren't told they needed to read the fine print, if that makes sense. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that anyone was lied to. I think it's just that people were misled and not given... Uh, explicitly all the information they should have had as far as what the um, what the requirements are in order to have that student loan forgiveness. I know a couple of people personally who have been impacted by this, and it's rough. I'm, and they probably would have gone into education regardless, even if they didn't have um, this prospect of student loan forgiveness. They probably still would have gone into the career that they did. But to have that expectation and then to have that completely taken away is jarring regardless. Anyways, hope you enjoyed. Have a wonderful day. And don't stop learning. And don't forget to listen to that interview.